Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Okay, welcome everybody. We're here at episode three of the Bomber Brothers podcast, brought to you by WFAN and Odyssey. We're talking all things Yankee baseball. We're going to talk all things the that just happened in the Baltimore series. Look ahead to the Big Tampa series starting tonight as we record on a Thursday. Sean and Ryan with you as always. And Sean, we've had uh, some flashbacks to... 2019 with a bunch of injuries coming out of nowhere and then we had some flashbacks to 2021 with some with a brutal ugly looking loss to the Orioles so there was a little bit of everything but in the end the Yankees did win the series although a three and three home stand after coming in just absolutely on fire and mainly healthy with the best record in baseball it's definitely definitely not leaving the Bronx with the same vibe they had when they arrived. Yeah, it's it's disappointing to to have a 500 homestand for sure, especially when three of those games were against the Orioles. But at the same time, that's why you build up this big lead. They still go in with uh, with you know a, a sizable lead before they play the Rays here this this coming Memorial Day weekend. Um, so I, I, while the homestand itself is disappointing, they did finish it with back to back wins and sort of like just get it done type games, which I think this year, and I don't know why, because the cast of characters is mainly the same, but it really exemplifies this team of they don't back down. They're more of a, they're, they're more of a grittier team than I feel like in the last couple of years, specifically 2020 and 21. So um, while the results maybe, you know, on paper don't look like what they, what makes you happy to, to finish out with two wins after losing a, a Garrett Cole game. I thought that was encouraging for the mindset of the team. Yeah. And that could be how they need to churn out some wins moving forward without some big pieces and especially in the bullpen and now the lineup with Stanton out and LeMahieu nursing a, a bum wrist, but 
uh, first back to the the Baltimore series and those two gritty grinded out wins that you were talking about. It's you know, they needed a walk off win by Jose Trevino, which was a really really cool moment. It was on his late father's birthday, and you know he was talking after the game how his dad used to play baseball with him in the backyard and you know paint a scenario where he was at Yankee Stadium with the winning run on base. So that was really cool for him and a really cool moment for Yankee fans. who I feel like a a widespread reaction was excitement over the walk-off, but then a realization was like, oh, having to walk off against the Orioles isn't the most encouraging, but a win's a win, especially with what the Yankees are dealing with right now on the injury front. And they had to do it again on Wednesday night, but, you know, gritty 2 nothing sluggish kind of win and they had to piece it together with Sears and obviously Holmes at the end who was dominant again but the Yankees got it done and won the series after a a game one in which they spoiled two home runs by Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole had one really bad inning on in addition to seven other brilliant innings and that was that was all it took for them to drop that series opener. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things you think, you know, you're up to nothing before the the Orioles score and you feel like, okay, this is going to go the way you expect the Yankee Orioles series to go. Judge had hit a homer. Uh, they were they were kind of cruising and then Colt just gets lit up in the third inning. And uh, most of those ball, balls are pretty hard hit, too. It wasn't like it was a fluke thing. So I guess maybe something messed up was messed up with his mechanics. Um, that he fixed pretty quickly because the rest of the, you know, he winds up going, what, eight innings and gave up one run the rest of the time, struck out 11. So, um, you know, just kind of an uncole like inning, especially after, since he's gotten stuff figured out. But, um, and, you know, the offense only putting up four runs, but with the injuries they have now, that's not exactly going to be too odd, right? Like when you're missing, you know, they had Kiner Falefa batting, um, you know, in the top, you know, one, what is he about it? Batting six. And then you have Hicks and Florial Trevino. So not exactly the, the, the most comforting lineup to throw out there. Um, but you know, you, you lose a game like that, you know, what can, what can you really say? It was just one bad inning from Cole. Um, it, it really stinks that Marwin grounds into the double play. You don't get Rizzo or judge up with a chance to tie the game or win the game, something like that. But I mean, that's, that's sometimes just how baseball works, right? You can't, you can't turn the lineup over. Uh, Lopez gets the save and, and, you know, I think when we talked last, last, we were saying that that was the game we were most confident the Yankees would win. So I really felt nervous after that loss. I'm like, this could be the start of like a really bad spiral. Um, And then you get to the next, the next game and it, it looks the same. I mean, I, I, you know, we were, we were super happy, I think, about Torres. I think we we're really rooting for him to have this turnaround. But when you get to when you get to the second game of the Orioles series, you have you know Torres hits the hits the two homers, um, and then it's like okay, haha, this is the Trevino game with the homer and and a single. But then all of a sudden, you're looking at extra innings, and uh, you know Hicks is, is doing what Hicks does and not getting big hits when he, when he needs to, and you're kind of freaking out a little bit, especially with that ghost runner scoring in the eleventh. Um, you know, you have the shot, but you also have seen the Yankees not, not produce in that situation. Um, and then, you know, IKF and, uh, and Trevino, you know, finally, finally come through it. You know, it was a, a, another game where you just had a, a couple bad innings, but, um, you know, in terms of pitching, but 
you know, you, you squeak out a win and then you feel good about it, even though it's frustrating to, to play a game like that against the Orioles. Yeah. And like you mentioned, the, some of the bottom of the order got it done. Marwin Gonzalez had a big hit in that rally in in the uh, bottom of the 10th as well. So that's what the Yankees are going to need a little bit here moving forward is some of those guys at the bottom of the order to, to come through next man up mentality, like 2019 can, um, can Trevino be an unexpected offensive contributor, like a Mike Talkman or something like that. And we'll see. I mean, obviously his season statistics are not good, nor is nor Kyle Higashioka's. The Yankees haven't gotten anything out of the catcher position offensively this season, except for Tuesday night. But like you mentioned, Hicks, two big strikeouts with runners in scoring position. I mean, he both of those at-bats didn't look particularly competitive at all. And I don't know, maybe the Yankees are batting him leadoff because he's guaranteed one at-bat with nobody on base, and maybe maybe he can do something. But he has been absolutely dreadful uh, with runners in scoring position and the bases loaded this season. I, it's it's got to be in his head at this point. I mean, I'm one of those strikeouts. It was a 93-mile-an-hour fastball right over the middle of the plate, about just over knee-high that he swung through. And if, I mean, if, if you're not making contact on that with two strikes and runners in scoring position, I think, I think you're clearly pressing a little bit like Boone has said he's seen from him. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think it's bleeding into all the other facets of his game and we'll get to last night's game in a second, but even in the, the game, the, the middle game, the extra inning game, I think it was the 10th where he was the, they, they put the contact play on and he got thrown out at the plate. I mean, I'm not trying to dissect it like the Zapruder film, but he does get a bit of a late jump. And I saw some Yankee fan and he's usually more of like a, an aggressive type player where you would expect a little more bounce in his step, a better secondary lead. I think he's just hesitant now. I think he has no confidence. Um, and and you saw that, you know, in, in the last game with the fly ball, which we'll get to. But I think more for everything with him it, it, now, it's just confidence. Now it's not even like forget about the mechanical stuff like you need to get that fixed. But, but the other aspects of his game are hurting now, too. And it's, you know, it's, and you know how Yankee fans are once they like smell a guy like that. That's a little bit, he- you know, like Ken Singleton says, he who hesitates is lost. It's not like they're super forgiving and are going to get behind him, unfortunately. So he's got to he's got to figure it out. But um, you know, luckily Trevino has the the big hit at the end, a really great moment, like him screaming at the the sky for his father. Um, you know, a really special moment. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I was like, so when he was up, I was like, this just feels like one of those kind of really nice Yankee moments that's about to happen. I felt really confident that he was going to find a hole, and uh, you know, he roped one down the line. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yeah, I know. It was a great moment and helped uh, ease some of the sure-to-be firestorm that would have come Hicks' way if the Yankees didn't close out that win. And like you said, he clearly got a late jump on that ground ball short. Now, again, the right move is to go home on that contact play but he did have a late jump I don't know if that terrible terrible pickoff he had the hands of Joe Kelly was on his mind and that's why he didn't get as big of a a secondary lead but it was not a good play not good at bats late in the game it's I don't know what the Yankees are going to do about Hicks but like you said it's bled into his his fielding as well we saw that in just last night late in the game Odor bloop single I I don't know. It's he 
didn't attack the ball with too much confidence on that bloop single and then seemed to be giving way to backpedaling infielders who obviously have a way worse angle at the ball. And I mean, this isn't the first time Hicks got some, some criticism from Cameron Maben on the yes broadcast not long ago on, on that sack fly, fly. On, on a sack fly. And then a bunch of people on Twitter were all over him a couple a week or so before that on that double in the gap that he kind of, you know, lollygagged after and it allowed a runner to take an extra base, but it's uh yeah, Hicks Hicks used to be a reliable fielder with a really good arm. I mean, in 2018, he was the most valuable center fielder in the American League, not named Mike Trout. So this is uh this is bizarre to see now that he's actually healthy, but you know, he was healthy at the start of last season. He was hitting terribly before that wrist injury, and now he's seems to be healthy again here through the first forty plus games of 2022 and he's still just not putting it together and I don't know what the Yankees do about this but I think 40 plus games is starting to get enough of a sample size we're like okay the guy's healthy but you know when is he going to start producing like he was in 2017 when healthy in 2018 yeah I think that you know coming back remember Teixeira had a similar wrist injury Jose Bautista had a similar and it takes a little bit to get your swing back coming back from the wrist injury but what's worrisome is it's it's you know with Teixeira for the Yankees specifically you could always count on his defense even even coming after that and for Hicks for for you know he's not the hitter Teixeira was but he's more of a well-rounded player where he's got speed um aggressiveness and 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 you know, he should be playing a pretty good center field. And and those things have gone, have gone downhill too. So it's not just like, okay, we can live with you finding your swing coming off of surgery while you're doing all these other things really well and contributing to wins. He's, he's actively like going against contributing to wins with, whether it's on the base paths, getting picked off, getting a poor jump when you have the contact play on contact plays on as soon as there's contact, you should be off. With, like, you know, it's a ground ball go. Um, and, and then, you know, bad plays in center field, whether it be on, you know, the sack fly being hesitant to, uh, to play a lot. I'll tell you what the Yankees are going to do. You're going to give Brett Gardner a call. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he clearly doesn't want to play for anyone else. Reportedly had a chance to play for the Braves, Blue Jays. He's just maybe watching all these Hicks at bats and just biding his time. I mean, at this point, he can't have too much worse of an arm than what Hicks has been showing in the outfield. And he's obviously got the, uh, the speed and the base running instincts. I don't really know how much he's going to do at the plate, but at this point, it can't be much. How, how would you feel if, if you got a, you saw the tweet right now, the Yankees and Brett Carter have agreed to a one year, like $7 million deal. I, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd be thrilled. I, I definitely go to Somerset to watch a couple of his, his <laughs> games to get him in game shape. And I he's, he's probably, he's probably in pretty good shape. You yeah. know, you got to get up to baseball speed, but he seems like a madman. He's probably like just ready to go. Yeah, and I and you know, I say I'd be thrilled. That that would have been a very different reaction, you know, a month ago because I don't think I think the Yankees clearly didn't need them. And I, I still honestly think that this that the Brett Gardner, you know, year to year constantly bringing back needs to come to an end. But now at this point, when Hicks is giving you absolutely nothing, stands on the IL now, Gallo struggling badly. Um, they obviously need outfield help. I don't see that happening at all because, I mean, Tim Locastro apparently just took batting practice yesterday, so he's on his way back. Yeah, and they sent Florial down too. Yeah, so I think Locastro seems like he's going to be ready soon, and he's a you know Gardner-type player that I think the Yankees saw as a Gardner replacement when they brought him back this offseason. So I think we're going to see Locastro in the outfield soon. 
Uh, I don't know what the long-term future is going to be for Hicks. Obviously, he signed that seven-year deal after a really, really good 2018 season. So he's still still got a little ways to go on that, but we'll see we'll see what happens. But the obviously the hitting with runners in scoring position has been dreadful. Defense has been looking bad, and now even the base running. But speaking of good good defense, the uh, you know going back to last night that play by IKF that helped potentially save the game when he made that nice sliding backhand stop and got the force out. I mean, if that ball gets through, he could be looking at first and third. Yeah, and you know. I don't mean to go backwards again, but IKF had a huge hit in the the extra inning one too to tie the game uh, right back up the middle. He's he's a weird player, man. Like he does some really timely things, like some really things that you're like, oh, like that play that you're talking about, and, and you know to to get to that ball in the hole. But then he'll do some things where you're like, wait, that doesn't really, you know. That you know that that's not really what you want. So he definitely has a bit of that clutch gene, if that's real. And uh, he definitely, you know, he's had a what two game tying hits in the ninth, and uh, he, um, you know, he he can really make a good play when you need it. And the Yankees needed it last night because they only scored two runs. One was a gift from Rushman, who we know is going to be a great player, but he airmailed one into center field. Not as bad as what happened in the Braves game. Braves Phillies. You see that <laughs> Phillies play? No. My goodness. Got, so in, in the Phillies game, a guy, they, they threw to second, it missed the second baseman, it missed the shortstop, and then the center fielder backing up missed the ball. And it wasn't like it was airmailed. They just all missed it. Like the ball rolled past the center fielder. It was terrible. Dansby scored from first on a steal attempt to second. But anyway, um, so yeah, the, I mean, the Yankees got, uh, I was really happy to see Andujar get a hit yesterday in, in a big spot. And, uh, you know, IKF makes a great play in the ninth inning and he just, he's one of those guys. He seems to be in the middle of stuff and the Yankees have some magic like that going on this year, whether it be Trevino in the middle game of the series, like that definitely felt like one of those like special games. And, you know, you, you, IKF seems to have these special moments, these special plays that, that get you excited. And that's what I love about baseball, man. You get, you get into all these numbers, all of this stuff and, and it makes sense and, and whatnot, but then you just get something crazy that happens. A little guy comes up big and, and that's, what's exciting. Cause you never know.